Morelia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Morelia Python Radio. Tonight, we're talking with Steve Katz from SBK Reptiles. Um, the main thing that I was going to have him come on and talk about was he does a, he has a different approach when it comes to mite prevention and then getting rid of them. And I thought it warranted Whoa. a conversation, <laughs> the, that awful word that we all hate. Um, but, uh, I think his approach is, uh, is pretty, pretty interesting. And, uh, we're going to talk about that. Obviously, we're also going to talk about what he has going on in uh, his season this year. And uh, I figured since he didn't get to come on when we did the uh, Carpet Python roundtable last time, let's just give uh, Steve his own little platform. and uh, His own show, yeah. It's own- <laughs> yeah, why not? So, uh, yeah, we'll be getting into that um, in about, you know, about 15 minutes or so. And uh, But in the meantime, what's, what's up with you, Owen? I know you're recovering from uh, – uh, a weekend of tomfoolery and craziness. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a, a wedding weekend. I haven't been in my snake room in three days. So uh, I came down last night and fed everybody, and they were all happy to see the mouse. I'm not sure about me. But um, <laughs> and, and then uh, tomorrow I have to come down here and clean a bunch and uh, actually get uh, pack up a few animals to ship out uh, tomorrow while the weather's kind of in the fifties. So I'm going to quick take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. I've got a few animals, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I survived. So that's a plus, I think, but nobody get married anytime soon and invite me, please. I need some, <laughs> need, to, need some detox time. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. Stop it. Yeah. We were talking about it before we came on, but man, weddings are not only expensive, but, uh, <laughs> holy shit, man. Yeah. They I take know. up a lot so of time. It, and... uh, it, 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 it was, it was fun. And I'm very happy for my friends, but thank God it's over. <laughs> so, I mean, the buildup has been immense. Everything else has been crazy. It done. Thank you. Great time. High fives all around. No more. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm back here in the snake room, uh, trying to get some stuff paired, some stuff working. Um, I'm excited because I get to because the weather is kind of breaking a little bit. I get to send my uh, male Maclots Python glitch out on a breed loan. Um, so that's cool. So it's like what I thought was like a lost year for Baby Max maybe might not be, so we'll see how that goes. Um, It's just, you know, time to get back to work. (laughs) So getting everything ready to roll. And then uh, the show, I I was down at your place um, Thursday, right? Was that Thursday? Yes. Was it Wednesday? Yep. Yeah. I was down at your place. (laughs) I was one of one of those days, all right? Yeah. So I went down to your place. I got to see what you've kind of done with it since moving in, because I, I haven't been down there since you just got in there. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you and your wife have been working pretty hard at it. It looks nice. Um, wandered around yeah. the snake room. Um, came to drop off three baby Burmese pythons that I was holding on to for you. Ended up leaving with three carpet pythons. 
I don't know how you did that, but it, yeah. it happened. That was so, a magic trick. Um, <laughs> I know, right? So, yeah. uh, but got to check out some of the stuff you got kicking around. And, um, of course, it's always like, a, oh, yeah, let's just, you know, poke around here in the snake room. And then I'm looking in tubs and opening stuff. And you're like, oh, look at this rack. And it was the rack filled with bloods and, like, angolans. I'm like, why am I over here? So, you know, we had to go <laughs> yeah. back to the other side of the room. So, yeah. Like, Good times. Um, yeah, and I got my calendar. I got my calendar. So that's the main reason you came. That's the main reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, I finally got a damn calendar. Yeah, Owen, I think, was the last one. I think some people didn't that's get them yet because of the snow and then the holiday or something, and it seems like they right. were held up. But for the most part, everybody, you know, they shipped out, so everybody should uh, – should be getting them this week. Anybody that was like uh, ordered later, you know, but uh, do, do we have I think, any I think, remaining or are we tacked? Uh, we do. I have, I have the box sitting right next to me. I think I have maybe, let's see, one, two, three, four, maybe, maybe 10. So okay. if you want one, now time. get in there. Yeah. Cause pretty soon cause we got, there'll be none. We got, Exactly, because we got this many left, so there's ten left over. So we probably won't have a second printing. So uh, it's one of those if we do get rid of, if we do like have to try to get rid of these ten, and then we do, and then you come out of nowhere and are like, "Hey, I would like one." E- Sorry. So <laughs> yeah. go get it. Hurry up! You're gonna miss out all of January unless you move. So now's the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's only 15 bucks, man. Jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the next big thing we'll, we'll be working on will be Carpet Fest t-shirts. Uh, uh, you know, I, I guess, guess we got to... So many we, campaigns with Booster, they're, they're emailing me now, and they're like, hey, we know this is about the high time when you start trying to get your campaigns in order for the next some years. We would love to sit down and have a 10-minute conversation with you over the phone of what could really bring your booster ideas to the next level. And I'm like, I'm just going to try to sell T-shirts, okay? It's not <laughs> like I don't know what you're trying to get at here, but I'm just going to take the design, we're going to slap it on a T-shirt, and I'm going to throw it out there to the world. So Right. Right. I don't know if are, – are we going with the same design as last year? or I mean, we still haven't cashed in on our uh, thing from Jeff, right? It's almost like do we do we want to try to find – I mean, Jeff did a great job last year. And if he's willing to draw something up for this new year, that'd be awesome. Um, we can talk to him about that. Uh, if you are an artist and are listening to the sound of my voice and you want to try to throw in your ideas or design something that you think we would might like, we would be open to looking at your – ideas we'd be open to looking at your designs and if it is cool and we decide on it of course we give you all kinds of plugs for being the designer of the t-shirt for for carpet fest you get to walk around and say you designed the carpet fest logo and hell we might tap you for the new morelia python radio logo that we've been itching to do yeah Mm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) We have bad luck with that. We keep trying to do that, but shit keeps going wrong. So, um, yeah. So yeah, if you are an artist, email myself or Eric, 
show us your designs. Obviously, if you're listening to the show, you know what we've looked for in uh, Carpet Fest and Amelia Python Radio t-shirts, logos, whatever. We would love to see your ideas. We would love to see your designs. 100%. Um, so, yeah, I, I had a couple of people just message me now as we're, as we're doing this, saying they wanted a calendar. So if you want one, uh, PayPal is Burkefilla, B-U-R-K-E-P-H-I-L-A. If you're in the U.S., it's 15. Um, pretty much at this point, I'm just going to do If you're outside the U.S., it's 20. So Done. just to make it simple. You know what I mean? Have you it might it, be a little more or less, but – yeah. I'll eat it. <laughs> I'll eat the I'll eat the I'm gonna have you send one to Budapest now. Uh, nobody will be there to receive it. I'm just gonna have you mail it. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, hell is it? But, yeah, it's just carpet python. Yeah. 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 Um Oh shit, I I can't remember what I was gonna say. Oh, um Dawn. I, I don't know if you saw it, but uh I, I'm sure you're aware of this because Chris is involved with this, but uh Mike Cross and David Means got a Got a got a nice package of scrub pythons from uh, Ryan, uh, which is pretty awesome. Um, number one, I think it's awesome that David is back in scrubs. Um, mm-hmm. And number two, uh, Mike Cross. Uh, you know, I'm glad to see they're in good hands because I know he's got a he's got a pair of bar necks, right? And now he's got some additions, so that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. So what did I Chris get? Chris got a pair of Aru type okay. uh, scrubs. Um, it was actually a male that we had had uh, years ago. His name is Squirrel. Um, uh, and we had never found a female that was his same Aru type. And so we eventually gave, we sold him to Ryan. And uh, Ryan sent him back to us along with a female that he tracked down that is the same Maru type. So now all of a sudden this male went away, he bulked up and he comes back with a girlfriend. It's like, well, hell yeah. So, um, and then also we uh, spoke with Mike Cross and are getting some Tenabars, which is nice because then I don't have to deal with Tenabars anymore because they'll all go to where Chris is. And, I <laughs> now, and then I will have zero scrub pythons here. Zero. Ah, there Fine. you go. Yeah, man, it's that it's that thing I always talk about, man. You know, people gung ho about scrubs and they get a whole bunch, and then they're like, "What the hell did I do?" <laughs> I I don't know what happened with Ryan. I don't know what the situation was, but I know he just built a house and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, I think it's just you hit that reset button, man, and it's just like, you know. But I'm glad that they well, went to at least good hands, you know? That's the thing. is like, And it seems like a lot of the stuff that Ryan was letting go, he was letting go mm-hmm. on the conditions of it went to this person, this person, and this person. So gotcha. it's, like, if I, it's like I said, if I was ever get out, I'd send certain animals to you so that if I ever wanted to get back in, I know where they would be or where their offspring would be. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's what's going. So I'm not sure if we have seen the last of Ryan. I certainly hope not. He's a cool guy, and uh, oh, definitely had a passion yeah. for scrubs. So, yeah. uh, but totally understand the idea of needing to take a hiatus or uh, um, something that forces you to do that. So, uh, but yeah, uh, so there's a lot of scrub movement, but the important part is that I will be scrubless. And actually, I had someone contact me 
because they heard us talking on the show about our um, green tree python uh, falling out of love with, and they're like, are you, they're like, are you going to be at the Oaks show on the 4th? And I'm like, I might be. They're like, are you going to bring a bunch of green tree pythons with you? I'm like, what? No. Why would I do that? And they're like, well, we thought that you would have some. I'm like, I, wait a minute. I said I wanted to maybe get rid of them, but I only got one. Like, I, if I'm going to get rid of her, I'll send her back to the guy who produced her. That's if I do it. Do you know anybody else who's got green trees who wants to get rid of them? I do know of one person, but I'm not sure if he's gung ho right now. So. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I think we have to revisit that for a second. Um, I know <laughs> on the show we talked about that. You know, not. I, I maybe I maybe maybe I said it wrong and don't realize what I said. So what right. I'm saying is is that I have not had luck with None. green trees like I have with right. and other other species of python for whatever reason. I don't blame it on the chondros. I blame it on the keeper. You know, I'm just saying that like whatever, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying that they're a little more set. I guess what I'm trying to say is like in the past, we've always had the approach. Well, I shouldn't say we, but I've always had the approach and maybe you agree, maybe you don't, but I'm like, how can they be different? You know what I mean? Like you have all these right. different types of pythons and they're pretty much all kept the same way for the most part. How can this snake be different? Now, mind you, I've never worked with white lips. I've never worked with mm. uh, some of like ring pythons. Um, some of these species that are a little more sensitive, especially when it comes to hydration, um, temperatures, you know, um, you can't you can't get the same kind of like spikes and stuff that you, you know what I mean. So I don't right. know. I, I just look at look at all these guys that are successful with them, and it just seems that the most successful people are for the most part chondro exclusive keepers. Um, and I think that whatever I just think that before I go any crazier with chondros, um, I need to dial in. Oh, you know, you need to figure to keep it, stuff the out, keeping or, part of it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and I mean, you did just move, so maybe you want to yeah, dial in the rest of your collection before you make the move into that. So, more scrubs. What? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I got plenty of very pissed off long animals that come from my blood. So, you know, maybe we don't want to have scrubs. I don't like the ones that go for the eyes. You know, it's Wayland's at least dumb enough to try to bite you on the knee or something. So yeah, I have my pair of Marooks, which I really kind of <laughs> am enjoying, and that's it, man. You know what I mean? That's it. That's that's enough for me. I'll tell you well, what, I mean, my male, well, my male, super chill, yeah. but the, the female, holy shit, dude, it must have bit me four times <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> at least they don't shit on ow, you. I'd rather have the biting. Ow, than, yes. That, you know. Thank you. There's, there's. I got a, I got a carp pipe on here. That's like a, a yearling caramel jag that I got from someone who will remain nameless, who doesn't bite but shit. And I'm like, why? What, like you're not even a known species for that. You got to knock that shit off. But whatever. For me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Yes. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Oh man. I'm sorry. 
No, you're not. So <laughs> that that and the little jagged albino that I got from you is the most evil little thing I've ever seen. It's like so unhappy with the world. Like open the tub, it's throwing itself. Like it leaves the ground to try to bite you. It's so cute and adorable. Oh man, so, that's great. I know. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, anyway, let's get Steve on. And let's get this going. Um, I'll click him on here. Hey, Steve. Welcome back to the show. Glad to have you. How you been? Hey, guys. Good. How are you guys? Good. We're doing well so far. Yeah. Uh, Owen seems pretty excited to get rid of those scrubs. I don't know why. I am. <laughs> I, well. <laughs> Because the only ones left here is, are the Tanabars, and they're just horrible. Um, I had a pair of Southerns that I got rid of recently that really could have honestly stayed, in my opinion. They were very calm, very cool, very unscrub-like, but the Tanabars, they, they need to go. They have that small dog complex, you know, smallest scrub, most evil. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm done with that. Well, do you have my uh, address, or should I send that to you? Are you going to send it my way? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're leaving to go breed at, you know, yeah. Chris's place. So they're not leaving, but heard. they're no longer going to be under my care. So, yeah. Well, so it works out. If you didn't come get them fast. So. Have you been interested in scrubs, Steve? Do you have <clears throat> scrubs? You don't have scrubs, right? I don't have scrubs. I mean, I every time uh, I go to a show or talk to Dan – he makes it that much easier to want to get into them. <laughs> I think yeah. everybody feels that way. Oh man, you got to um, go to the shows and see his stuff. That's that's worse. <laughs> I mean, you're, yeah, that makes it horrible. Then you're oh done. Oh my gosh. He's got some crazy stuff. Every time I walk by his booth and we're talking, and I I'll be mid conversation with him, and it'll just catch my eye, and I'll just stop talking and look at the snake, and I'll be I'll have to apologize. <laughs> and he's like, well, you can take that home, you know. And I'm like, ah, no, not ready just yet. Not just yet. Yeah. That's where I got Speaking my uh, – yeah. That's where I got my pair of Maruks from, from him, or Meraki's, whatever you want to say. Southerns, I guess, yeah. is that what we'll call them. But, uh, yeah, they're really cool. You know, it's it's crazy. Like, Owen will probably attest to this. Back when we started this show, the Holy Grail Scrubs was the Oxibles. And mm-hmm. – um, he has them for sale, and it's like I can't believe they're still available. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, holy shit! Really, a lot of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But th- that sp- uh, that locality in particular, because it was so rare, you know, I guess it becomes yeah. one of those things: is it cool because it's rare, or is it cool because it's cool? You know. Yeah. Um. But they have like those orange flanks that come up on the side, and yeah, oh man, this is a cool scrub. But yeah, those ones are are the really pretty ones. I mean, they're all really pretty, but yeah, yeah. got some good stuff. That's it's a lot sure. of snake, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I I freak out when uh, a little three foot uh, Irianjaya comes flying out of its stuff. <laughs> yeah. Stay away from yeah. scrubs, then. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just no, kidding. Man. Yeah. No, I know. No, there's know. there's nothing like a, a big berm that comes flying out at you, not to get off topic, but 
Um, I've had that happen a few times, helping buddies out, uh, cleaning enclosures, and keeps you on your toes. That's for sure. <laughs> Is it a was was it a was it a feeding response or was it a aggressive response? Uh, likely a feeding response because uh, out oh, of the shit. cage, she's pretty fine. So yeah, man, that's but, when uh, that's when trouble can ensue. <laughs> feeding oh, response yeah. is trouble, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It seems like they hurt way worse <laughs> than uh, than uh, what do you call it? But but uh, okay, so I guess. We'll jump into it, and I'll, I'll I'll start this this section. We're going to talk about the the topic that nobody likes to talk about. But um, <clears throat> I had saw I seen you did a, a YouTube video a while back where you had talked about um, uh, your your prevention or preventative for uh, getting mites, um, and you use a product called Frontline, right? Frontline. Yeah, Frontline. Um, uh, so. <clears throat> So I linked up the, uh, the the YouTube your YouTube channel so people can check out exactly what you're doing. But I thought it would be good to kind of talk to you about that, and then you know we'll get into what you got going on this season. And obviously, I'm going to talk a little bit about IJs, and then we'll talk about your trip a little bit because I want to have you guys, you guys all back in one show where we're talking about the trip. But we'll we'll hit we'll on that a little bit. But uh, I guess. This isn't really a mainstream approach that I've seen per se, and it's not to say that other people aren't doing it, but I just haven't seen it. Um, with not only preventing mites but killing them if you have a mite issue, uh, I think in your your video or somewhere I, I I read that you did it for the past six years. So, how did you come about this approach? Like, how did you come across it? Yeah. Um... Well, first two things to clear up. One, I don't work for Frontline because everybody asks. I promote it that much. Oh, <laughs> I <God>. really don't. <laughs> All right. I just really strongly stand for the product. And second, um, I don't actively have ma- uh, mites in my collection. I haven't had right. uh, mites in like six, seven years. Um, so I guess it's working. You know, every, yeah, everybody gets mites at some point, I guess. But, uh, yeah, you right. learn. Um that being said, I discovered the product um, from a, a buddy of mine who had been using it for at least five years or so, and he got it from um, uh, actual DVM, a, a vet um, who uses it. And um, that vet actually sprays it directly on the animal and just kind of lets it sit in and doesn't really uh, second-guess it at all. He's just been using it that long. Um and so that's how I came across it personally. Um, okay. Was just these these other, you know, word of mouth pretty much. Um, and like any product, if you know, if you use too much of it um, or use it improperly, you could do more harm than good. Um, if, you, mm-hmm. if you're trying to get you know a shed off a snake and you you fill up its uh, tub of water uh, too high, you could drown that snake and you know. Stuff like mm-hmm. that. If you're if you're not smart about what you're doing, you could kill the animal, of course. Um, and so that's how I came to start using it. Okay. So um, you had mentioned that the vet, the vet that actually did it, would spray it directly on the animal, where you do more of like a rub it on the animal type of deal, right? Correct. 
Okay. And okay. so that being said, there's um, anyone who's familiar with the frontline uh, products, there's like a, an oil drip that you could use on like cats and dogs. And it's not that mm-hmm. one. I get the, the chicken flea spray comes in a bottle. Um, I go on Amazon or eBay. I shop around whoever has it cheaper buy the biggest bottle they make um, and just order that. And like I said, uh, my first bottle lasted me um, like six years. I still have a little bit of that left and I just bought a new bottle just to have on hand. And mm-hmm. what I do is anytime I get a new snake, doesn't matter who it's from, if it's uh, from a friend or somebody that um, took it on breeding loan, whatever the case may be, or a well-known breeder, um, I'm treating this and it's going back into quarantine. And mm-hmm. so like you see in the video, what I do is I just put on um, some rubber gloves mm-hmm. and spray my hands, rub them together, and then rub or lather the animal down with the front line from head to tail, um, keeping in mind that a bigger animal, uh, front line being alcohol-based, will actually start to evaporate. And so mm-hmm. it'll kind of dry off your hands, and you may get halfway through, and your hands are dry, so you spray again, and then you reapply from where you left off. Okay. Um, at that point, I just kind of hold the snake, let it dry off. It takes, you know, a couple minutes, depending on how much you applied and how big the snake is. Um, and then I literally put the snake to my nose and take a whiff. And if it doesn't smell like alcohol anymore, uh, you know that it's dry. And I put it back into its um, um, cage. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I remove the water bowl for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So it has no water for 24 hours. That's just been a safety issue um, that mm-hmm. I've just always uh, been caution, uh, cautious of. Um, but I have friends who give them water the same day and have had okay. no ill effects. <clears throat> so everybody has okay. a personal preference. Um, just sharing what I do personally. I do no water for 24 hours. Um, I have, I, I've had people ask me about continuing to feed the snakes uh, after you treat mm-hmm. them. Um, and some people defrost the rodents in like a tub of water. And so I personally would dry off the rodent really well if you're going to feed the snake. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have fed snakes uh, freshly killed rodents, you know, right after they were treated with the front line and had no issues at all. What would you recommend for the length of time that you would not feed a wet rodent? Is there like a time when it'll, I guess it will disappear or dissipate on the snake or? Not really. I don't have a solid answer for that. And the reason being, uh, to explain a little bit more, the way frontline works is when you apply it to the snake, um, to date there's nothing known that kills uh, mite eggs. So I don't Mm -hmm. even believe that frontline kills mite eggs. And so in theory you have a snake that has mites. It's laying eggs in the bedding, corners of the cage, wood, whatever you want to... come up with for uh, eggs to be laid on. Um, And so when the eggs hatch, once they go back onto the snake and they actually start to feed on the snake, that's when they're coming into contact with the front line. And so they're Mm -hmm. dying before they have a chance to breed and go lay eggs. And so that's how we're ending this process. That being said, we know that 
front line does have a residual effect, and that's why it's strong enough that I generally, even on an active case of uh, snake mites where a snake comes into, you know, my place and uh, from a new person and it has mites, I'm really only treating it once. Um, okay. And that okay. lasts. So that being okay. said, how long would you wait for a wet rodent? Um, at the end of the day, um, I don't. I don't have a solid answer for that. I like to always uh, be cautious and err on the side of safety uh, versus right. taking chances. And so, although people don't like to hear that, I've just always liked to be safe uh, versus sorry. And so, I don't have an answer for that. Um, okay. I'm sure it won't be. It wouldn't be an issue. Like I said, I have friends who. Um, let their snakes have water, you know, the same day that they treated them with frontline and any snake that has bad mites, as anyone knows, it's going to go soak in its water bowl. Right. Mm -hmm. If it decides to drink that water, the water would in theory be contaminated. And I haven't had any friends tell me that their uh, snakes died from that per se. Um, Okay. I've, uh, the only the only deaths from the product, because you can't just say it's all perfect and there's never been a snake that died from using Frontline, was right. uh, in the early days between uh, the vet and my buddy, um, some baby colubrids, um, when they were applying it to, uh, like, baby corn snakes, and they oh, didn't right. let them air out. They just kind of put them back in their cage, didn't let them dry off. Um, they did have some that died. Um, yep. Now they do the – yeah. Now they do the method where they treat them, let them dry off, put them back in their cage, and they're fine. So it was really believed that similar to putting a snake back into a cage after spraying Prevenamite and it being gassed out, a similar effect. Gotcha. Gotcha. <clears throat> Got it. Um, I did have um, an imported group of baby uh, Erie and Jaya carpet pythons that came in, and I picked them up the day after they were imported into the U.S., and they came with uh, mites. And these little guys, these little worms were still red. And anyone who knows Arian Jaya's, um, they lose that red after like the, some of them after that first shed. Well, mm-hmm. not the first week shed, but like the second and third shed, you know, they're no longer red. And these mm-hmm. little guys were still bright red. And I treated them all with front line and had not one drop dead on me. Um, There's no mm-hmm. issues, no neurological issues. It's one of the, only products, um, one of, <laughs> that's hmm. made to actually go on an animal. Um, Preventamite, you know, is made to just go in a cage. No pest right. that says apparently don't even be in the same room with it. Um, and so when people say I'm crazy for using this product that's made to go on cats and dogs for my snakes, I would argue with them because these other products aren't even made to go on the animal. Right. At all. Yeah. So I guess we should be clear that when we're, t- I mean, have you used this on multiple species or is it just carpet pythons? That you- um, I've helped uh, friends. So we've treated, um, to date, we've treated Amazon tree boas, corn snakes, ball pythons, uh, Burmese pythons, reticulated pythons, uh, colubrids like corn snakes, if I didn't already mention that, yellowtail crebos, um, baby carpet pythons, uh, pretty much babies of all of those. 
Okay. Com- uh, green tree pythons have been treated with it with no ill effects. Um, what are some other common snakes that I can't think of? Short tails. Have you done any short tails? Yes, or... short tails have been treated. Um, what, was the, what was the largest snake that you treated thus far? Because I know they, uh, <laughs> I, I, and I know this from experience, uh, larger Burmese pythons, when they get it, it is absolute murder because the scales are so huge and the mites are so tiny. They're all hiding under one or two scales. It, it hell on earth. So, what was the largest snake you treated so far? Um, it was a friend that I was helping out. We actively mm-hmm. we did not ru- rub it in, but we sprayed a eight or nine foot female boa constrictor. Just sprayed okay. her down from head to tail. Didn't didn't get any of her belly scales, just her top. And okay. a um, how big was that snake? It's it's got to be at least a seventeen foot uh, Burmese python. That's the one that actually uh, came at me in food response. <laughs> nice. Um, oh wow. <laughs> and and same thing, just spraying the the top of it, the back, um, not moving the snake, not touching it. So none of the belly scales got, uh, I guess, treated with the front line in theory. And it still worked. Okay. It knocked out the mites. I would think that for the most part, I, I could be wrong. I never thought about this, but do mites go to belly scales? I mean, I guess they could, but I would think that they would yeah. be. They do. I've, yeah, they I don't. I don't have an answer exactly for that for sure. I just, when I think of mites, I think of they're everywhere. They're on your clothes. They're in your hair. You have to burn it, it all. that way. <laughs> yeah well yeah um, yeah when whenever uh, a friend asks me to go help with frontline and i and I yeah. go back home, I'm showering and washing the clothes before I ever go near my collection again, yes, uh we went on a trip to uh or we, we saw like somebody else's collection and <laughs> uh came back and over there, and the collection had um tags. And the tag said mites, and they had arrows pointing to all these other different bins. And you're like, oh, God. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. We, got, we, we all went home, and uh, I'm pretty sure it was like, you know, everybody, everybody went to their own separate houses. I went to mine, and I think I, like, got in the door, stripped immediately, threw all the clothes in a black trash bag, and chucked it outside for, like, a week, and then went back to them. So... But yeah, it's uh, mites suck. Like mites really, yeah. really suck. So yeah. So my next question would be: so I have two. One, what's your approach with the head? Like, mm-hmm. you know, can you just rub it right in there, head moving it all around, skin, eyes, all that stuff, or do you are you more sensitive in that area? You do. No, um, my thing is, like I said, I'm. I mean, especially with carpets in uh, in particular, they always kind of want to grab you um, when you first mm-hmm. reach in their cage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to hold the their head like if you're like if you're holding a venomous snake or a hot snake, um, and mm-hmm. gently rub it into their head and um, their chin. I just mm-hmm. try and avoid their nostrils and their eyes and um, tongue per se, just out of sight. Okay, um, gotcha. If you're, you know, for 
for that vet who sprays it on and that friend that I helped spray it on, you know, it's a mist. So when you're spraying it, I'm sure they're inhaling it. And, you know, when they, when they're uh, tasting the air in theory, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. cleaning out their, their tongue, they're probably ingesting uh, small amounts of that. And neither right. of them have had ill effects. And so, like I said, I just do everything um, to err on the side of safety, mm-hmm. but um, haven't had issues with that. Um, so yeah, I still I still treat the head, the head, uh, rub that in uh, chin and uh, and top of the head, and then continue rubbing away on the rest of the snake. So how do you know that you've gotten enough on it? Is it just a matter of just putting that, like I've seen your video where you kind of spray. I think you said it's like the size of your palm. You kind of, you kind of, you know, put your hands together and then you just kind of wipe the snake down. Is is there a certain point where you know that you've gotten, I mean, I know in the video you had a pretty big IJ. So you, you spray your hand again and towards the end, you're kind of like, wiping it down because you know your hand it, like you said it's alcohol based so it's drying up um yeah. is it do you know like what's your point of reference to know that you've gotten enough on there um i've always kind of thought of it like you're applying um sunblock on your skin um for those okay. that mm-hmm. use it <laughs> <clears throat> um it doesn't matter how thick the layer is as long as you know, there's a complete seal or coat or cover, however you want to look at that, that's going gotcha. onto the snake. Um, gotcha. Like I said, my, my buddy, when we treated those big snakes, the eight or nine foot uh, boa constrictor that he had in the um, the big Burmese python, it was just getting sprayed on the top. You know, the belly scales didn't get reached. Um, and so some would say, oh, well, the belly isn't getting treated so mites could just go hide there and thrive and you know you're still chasing your own tail not not knocking them out completely but that's that's how good frontline is i mean they went away and they they haven't come back um hmm. okay so. so you use it as a preventative because like you said you don't have mites which is, uh-huh. you're basically doing a one-time <clears throat> thing you put them in quarantine and then they're pretty much gone um, so when you got those IJs in and you treated them, are you seeing mites? That, I mean, are they like, how do you know when they're gone? Like, you know, do you see them a couple days later and when, you know, say when the ones that were in the cage hatched, I guess. So that being said, so that group that I got in, um, mm-hmm. just like anything, I, I happened to come, I was going to treat them i just happened to come across the mites when i was actually sexing the group of snakes and so they were going to get treated regardless but that's when i actively came across them so i i brought home you know this this tub of 20 snakes um Mm -hmm. and you know i'm i was actually sitting outside you know taking precautions um and started sexing them separating them into different bins and that's when i came across um seeing the mites and so I knew I was already going to treat them. It just so happened that they also had mites. So when I treated them, all I did was I did the same thing in in my video. I treated them, set them um, all up um, in their cage, which for this Uh group I had just separated between male and female. So there was still roughly 10.10, I think, um, around there. Um, Uh 
in a cage. And so by about day three or four, you start to see the mites um, dead on the paper towel. I use paper towel for new stuff. Okay. Um, And so it's not that you know – What's, I don't know how to explain this, but so obviously stuff that's going to be in quarantine for me, depending on what it is in that uh, situation, they were in quarantine for about six months before they got shipped out to their new owners. Um, it was just a matter of they're in quarantine and I'm checking on them every day and you're not seeing mites pop up again like most people would two or three weeks after they treat, um, a month or so after they treat Um it's just the mites are gone. They just die. Um, okay. How long that process takes, I couldn't tell you. I, I'm sure it would take longer for someone, maybe per se, who maybe has a big collection, uh, 50 snakes in one bedroom, and they see mites on one snake, and they only treat that one snake. Well, mites are going to be crawling around, moving from snake to snake, and so you're always going to be chasing your own tail if you're treating one snake at a time. Um, right. Another thing I, I I should add is if you have you know 50 snakes, 100 snakes, and you see mites on one snake, treat your whole collection, even collect uh, snakes in a different room. Um, treat mm-hmm. them all the same exact day and with frontline, and you won't have mites again soon after that. Um, it's just that great. <laughs> So what is it possible to, I know you recommend to do it like that, but is it possible to break it up to where you do like maybe half of your collection and then, and then the next day you do the other half. I'm just thinking of people that have like huge collections, huge, massive collections. I'm sure you yeah. could. Mm-hmm. Um, it, not to mention, um, we keep in mind when I say we, it's, uh, the people who have showed, who showed me frontline years ago, um, and mm-hmm. staying in touch with them and friends who, who I've uh, shown this product to, um, we know that Frontline does have a residual effect. So that being said, you know, if you treated your collection over the course of a week, you would probably be fine because Mm -hmm. the the residual effects, um, I've always been one. If I'm going to do something, I do it right. I want to knock it out. Um, I I won't sleep that night if it, if that's what it takes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) that's just always been my mentality. Right. Um, and so that's just always been my advice. If, um, yeah, if you tell somebody, oh, yeah, just treat the ones in one room or whatever, you know, they get lazy and they're like, oh, I don't see it on this half of the room. And then they want to complain and say, frontline doesn't work. You lied. And it's like, well, did you treat your whole collection? And they're like, well, no, only this half of my collection had it. Duh. So, oh, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying there. If you're not treating the whole col- – I mean, that's with anything – I think with any product, anybody will tell you that whether, whether you're using Frontline or Preventamite or Nix or whatever, you know, product you would use, I think the advice would be to treat everything. Otherwise, the animals that, you, you know, if, if there's mites that are going to hatch out, even though you, you killed them in the one cage or tub or whatever, they're going to find a way to go find food. And mm. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're going to move from one rack to another rack to another rack to another rack, and you'll just be spinning your tail. But I'm just thinking of like, you know, if you have, uh, I don't know. I'm just thinking of people that if they have, you know, four hours a day to work on your collection, and you know, it's going to take you that long to get through half, and then you got the other half you do the next day. 
I mean, in theory, I guess that would be okay, right? I mean, not what you recommend, yeah. but definitely would be okay. Okay. I just want to make sure that yeah. we're touching bases on all the questions that people could possibly ask. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, no, I get that. Um, yeah, that shouldn't be an issue at all, especially, like I said, we we do know it has a residual effect. In fact, I'm holding the bottle right now reading it, and it says right here on the uh, bottle in bold print that it is waterproof. So, like I said, that would explain why some of my friends have had no issues giving their snake uh, the water the same day. Um, I've just kind of held off and waited 24 hours. <clears throat> um, like I said, me me sharing this information, this is just what I do. This is what works for me. I'm willing sure. to share what um, other friends have done and their success. And um, hey, I, man. I personally think it's a great product. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> Let's say, so like I was saying, you're using it more as a preventative. Let's say that you have a bad infestation of mites. Um, what do you recommend to that person? Um, I think this, mind you, this was a while ago when I did have, uh, I had it bad. I got a new snake uh, and I was new to keeping stuff, didn't practice proper quarantine. Um, mm-hmm. And so my newest snake, I didn't find the mites on them. I found it on a snake that I had for, um, you know, six months to a year already or something like that. And so by that time they had traveled. And so I started looking at all my snakes and pretty much all of them had them. I treated them on day one. And I want to say I treated again on like day seven or day 14, both of which have worked in recent um, cases between friends that have told me. Um, I've had friends that have uh, treated again, uh, excuse me, on day seven, and I've had friends that waited two weeks and treated again on two weeks um, after the first treatment. All with success? Um, All with success. Um, It just seems to be a good product. And like I said, what's killing the actual mites is, you know, if they're out laying eggs when uh, the new babies are hatching and they go to first feed on the snake, that's when they're coming into contact with it and dying and not having a chance to breed and continuing the cycle. <clears throat> okay. All right. So that for, so to answer anyone's question, um, it is safe enough to put on a snake. Um, I've, I've even, uh, treated a friend's snake, uh, three days apart for a really bad case of mites. Um, Okay. So treated on day one, treated three days later, and the snake is alive and healthy, and no more mites. Eating like a champion. Hmm. That was a boa constrictor. It was uh, like a year old. Okay. Okay. So um, I guess my my next question would be, like, do you have to worry about cleaning the – I mean, okay, if, like, people that had – uh, major outbreak when you're when you're treating these are you cleaning the cage as well just to help cut it down or does that not even matter like when people already have the mite outbreaks yeah, yeah i'm thinking of like when you know um i think it was mike Curtin that did a big write-up on um what he does for mite prevention and you know he was talking about using preventamite but the big thing that he said was cleaning you know, if you have old 
um, you know, hides or, you know, anything like, uh, you know, perches or branches or stuff, throw it all away. Uh Um, you know, scrub down water bowls, scrub down the actual rack or cage that it's in, you know, scrub down the walls. Are you doing any of that or you don't even have to do that with this product? I per- well, now that I use it as a preventative, I just uh, mm-hmm. do. So I'll, ex- I'll explain both that. So for me, okay. I'm using it as a preventative. So new snakes, whether I see mites on them or not, they're getting treated and they're getting put on paper towel and getting a water bowl the next day. And then I'm just looking to see if mites drop off. If I see mites dropping off, you know, I just throw away that paper towel, give them a new one. But I'm not, uh, per se, scrubbing down that tub or that part of the rack or some, because I do have different rooms for um, different quarantine. Or, per se, if they get put in a cage, um, I'm not treating their whole cage or uh, wiping that down. So that's for me. I do have friends um, who have asked me to help them treat, and they, um, for whatever reason, they they can't afford to buy new shavings or you name it, um, and they're just keeping the regular shavings, the water bowl, the wood branches in there, the hide cave. They're not doing anything extra, and we're treating the snake with frontline, and it's still eliminating all the snake mites. Gotcha. And mind you, this is easily six months to a year after I've helped them and they haven't had complaints of more mites. They now own Frontline and they now treat every new snake they get. Um, And so we know we've knocked them out. And like I said, if the mite is going into the wood and laying eggs when they hatch and go feed on the snake, that's when they're dying. Right, right. Um, which but works a little bit to, different than preventamite, right? Because preventamite, you're actually treating, say, the substrate, and when they come into contact with the substrate, they're dying. Yes. Right? Right. Okay. Which, yes. Um, which, two things on that. Back. So when I first got mites, the first thing I did was I did use preventamite for a little while. And mm-hmm. <laughs> that was such a pain in the butt to mark down the day you used it because it's a few treatments that you have to do. Um, uh-huh. and that I would, for big pieces of, uh, wood, I would just put in my chest freezer and freeze the wood, you know, the hide case and putting them on newspaper or paper towel. And that's what I was doing back at, um, when I was using preventamite. That yeah. being said, it's, it's quite interesting to think what is actually killing the snake mites, um, in preventamite. I know the active ingredient, but. What what's doing it if the snake mites aren't chewing on the paper or the uh, the newspaper or the paper towel? They're drinking the snake's blood. So it makes you wonder how strong or how bad preventamite is, which, you know, we've heard people who have used too much of it are wrong and, and their snake has neurological issues and stuff like that. Um, so it just kind of makes you wonder. And same with no pest strips. Like I said, I'm sure I, I do have... Uh, the friends in the early days, they put the, the baby corn snakes back in wet with the front line and they did, you know, they lost a couple. Um, so I know front line, if used wrong, can kill a snake. It's not perfect, but um, I've seen less ill effects from front line. Yeah. Cause okay. regardless, regardless, we're working with chemicals. So <laughs> you yeah. have to be, yeah. you have to be cautious. Cautious of and that. I'm pretty okay. sure preventamite will 
kill any carbon-based life form if you spray it at it. So, you know, that's... Yeah. A pl- I've heard... Actually, I've heard more horror stories of preventamite death than I have from Frontline because I honestly haven't heard anything about well, using yeah, That's a good point. So. Um, oh, and I guess less people are using Frontline, so there's that possibility, too, if we're going to be... Well, um, you know, yeah. statistically correct. <laughs> right. Yeah. But people I don't, are, I don't want anyone to think I'm ske- skewing the results. Yeah. We're going to find out how much Frontline is paying you later, but, you know, uh, <laughs> but it, it's one of those things that we're like, people will screw up uh, a heating pad for the snakes and cook a whole bunch of them, or people will mess up an incubator and forget to plug it in. So, obviously, with chemicals, you can mess up and kill a snake. So, obviously, you know, learn, read, and know what you're doing. So, but, who knows? Yeah. No, maybe I'll contact them and ask them to put me on their payroll. (laughs) I'll send them a link to this show and say, look, I just, this is NPR. It's got a a million uh, listeners. Right. You know, so you, uh, uh, and at the end of this thing, just be like, a check will do, and then see how, how much they send you. So, yeah. you probably get a t shirt. <laughs> yeah. So. That's funny. Okay. Um, I was trying to think of it. Edwin, can you think of any questions that you got that you want to ask? Mike, uh, on a scale far? of 1 to 10, how badly do you hate mites? I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Could I say infinity? I really yeah. don't like mites. When yes. when um when people ask me um you know what what to do about mites or they've seen my video and and they don't have money or whatever the case may be, I literally answer go into debt if you need to. It's it's fifty dollars, you know, or or forty dollars. It depends. I mean, sometimes they have sales on Amazon or eBay, uh, you name it. Um, go, it's worth it. Just buy the bottle, pay for the express shipping. And treat your whole collection that day. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, mites. I, I hate mites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good, good answer. Um, the other thing is that with the front line, could you use it as preventative for spraying on objects? Like, say, uh, your show gear, your snake bag, the, the stuff you normally bring to a reptile show that you know, your tablecloth, for instance. I truthfully don't know the answer to that. I know that I've had uh, one of my friends that I that I helped treat absolutely didn't want to treat animals that he couldn't see mites on. He said, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't want to put a chemical. He was he just didn't want to put a chemical on a snake that he didn't see mites on. And I explained mm-hmm. to him, you know, the whole process, and he said, no, he'll take his chances and he'll go from there. And so he had. Uh, snakes in a rack and um, in display cages, uh, one piece unit with multiple animals in it. And he sprayed along the track and he didn't see mites really migrate and move. But I can't say that, you know, in them walking to the next snake on the track that it killed them then or on the actual snake that had front line is when it killed the snake mites. I don't have an answer for that. Um, okay. So sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. To me, something that I mean, I know is, guys who keep cans of preventamite and spray their tubs. Um, 
my, my tub lives in my garage, and during wintertime, it's not a problem. And also, that garage gets really, really hot during the summertime. So, again, not too much of a problem. But uh, I do know some guys who will actively, like, after the show's over, you see them packing up, and they're just spraying preventamite inside uh, their show buckets and on their tablecloths as they pack them up. That's funny. I, I would answer this. I, uh, when I did do um, NARBC Anaheim, um, mm-hmm. and I brought everything home, I treated it with Frontline. And, you know, nothing um, – I didn't bring anything new home, but that's, that's how much I believe in the product is, I mean, I'm putting this chemical on animals that I know in theory don't have anything, and there was fine. Uh, they were fine. So I guess it would just be a different approach. Uh, at the end of the day, you're still buying – you're paying for preventamite and treating the enclosure just to be safe, say, after leaving a show, or you're paying for Frontline and just applying it to the animal after a show to be safe. Um, yeah. Either way, you're, you're still spending some money, um, and so it just depends on how you want to look at it. But, yeah, I, I the way I use it is I put it um, on gloves and then on the animal. Okay. I think um, I think if I was doing a show, well, typically when I do a show, when before the animals are even on the table, you know, we spray the table down with preventamite, but I think preventamite is is probably used more. It's supposed to be that type of product. It's not. You can't spray the animal with that. It's going to die. <laughs> I don't care what yeah. anybody says. But if you spray preventamite straight on the animal, you, you consider it dead. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that you know what I was using coming back from a show to treat the animal was um, reptile relief where I would kind of do the same thing. Uh, I never really had an issue, but to me, I would rather be, I mean, there was some question on whether or not that killed, killed mites or not, but I would much yeah. rather be safe and know that they're dead, not have the problem, yeah. uh-huh. you know? So I, I've had people tell me that they believe reptile relief is just soap and water. You're just drowning the mites. It's not, <laughs> so you, so you really have to get, you really have to drown the mites to for it to work. Otherwise, if they're not uh, under the the liquid, um, they're not dying. Right. Um, but it's kind of funny because um, um, the person who showed me Frontline for the longest time, I was I was big on preventamite. Like, oh, it works. You just have to do the cycles and blah 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 and this and that. And you should you know you should treat with Frontline and preventamite. You should use both and he got me on uh, Frontline, and for a little while, I was treating with both because that's how much I hate mites. So I was treating the enclosures with uh, preventamite and treating the animals with Frontline. And, you know, he would laugh at me and say, you know, front, you'll see, Frontline is so good. You just need to treat the snake like once, and you're still going to see mites crawling around, but they have to go on the snake, start feeding, and that's when they're going to die. You know, just right. relax and let it, let it work itself out. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, 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 I want, I want them dead now. And now <laughs> I, I, I will never give preventamide another cent unless Frontline right. goes under, and then I have to use that. That would suck. I have to go backwards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, okay. So, um, that's kind of fun. I, yeah. I would say this. Um, since we're talking about this, and maybe you guys can put out your suggestions, but – 
Do you, I think it's a pet peeve of mine where you see people that are unboxing videos of snakes and stuff, right? Uh-huh. And they do it right in their Bad reptile idea. room. <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> God damn <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Um, bad that's probably the worst thing you can do. Like, is it bad that I kind of be like, you know, oh, we're going to unbox the scrub and just come launching out at the guy? Like, oh, no. So, I mean, that's my opinion of it. But you're right. Having the unboxing done right in the reptile room, right in, uh, in front of all your other racks, like, you don't know if that thing's going to come out crawling or popping something up. I mean, that's. Well, not even, yeah, not even from the the fact that you know, I mean, strictly at this point, we're talking about mites. But right, I mean, if that box has mites in it, and you just opened it up, holy shit, man, (laughs) that was not a good move. Yeah, you know. Uh, No, there's. uh, I've seen that, and I've seen people who open it like outside or something or in another room and then walk through the reptile room to put it in the quarantine is like, well, you just dropped a thousand mites on your way. <laughs> what? But yeah. So why do you have it? Who would have it that they're, I don't know how many, like what you guys have, but is your quarantine room attached or right off of your snake room? Cause wouldn't that kind of be like counterproductive? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. In my quarantine room upstairs. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm constantly not... making a new room a quarantine room because something's been sitting for six months and it's not ready to come out, in my opinion, and then I get something new. <laughs> that, yeah, that, <laughs> that's my problem. Yeah. yeah. So you, that's your rule? That's your hard, steady rule? Six months in quarantine, you don't see anything, then you can put it in your collection? Yeah, pretty much uh, a, a minimum of six months. Um, I know some people in Australia talk about sunshine virus and they like to wait uh, a year at least and, and prefer 24 months. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. in talking to some of the reptile keepers over there, they're really strong on that because of the sunshine virus. Luckily, we don't really have it over here uh, to our knowledge at least. Um, and so, yeah, generally at least six months, which is why it's tough for me to do a breeding loan with people um, when I want to get the snake just after breeding season, you know, to mm-hmm. start quarantine it or during breeding season. So it could breed the following year. Yeah. Uh, and everybody wants to just ship off their snake right before breeding season. Just throw them together. Like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. At this point, the only person, yeah, the only person that I would really do a breeding loan with would be Owen or Matt. Yeah. <laughs> that would be it. One, I'm a couple awesome. reasons. One, because oh. they're local, you know, and two, because I trust yeah. them that they're not going to, you know what I mean? They're just, but as far as I'm concerned, if you're doing a breeding loan, my feeling is, is that you have to be in the mindset that you just, you don't, you're not going to get that animal back. You yeah. Know? And if you're not willing to take that chance, then you should not do a breeding loan. Because they're animals, man. They're living things. You don't know what could happen. Shit and then, happens. yeah, yeah, you just have to be prepared that that animal's not going to come back. But, <laughs> um, all right. 
I don't know. I guess I think we talked about enough about mites. Is there anything else That's you wanted mites. to hit on to make sure that you put? You know, I, I would recommend going and watching the, your YouTube video, which again I put in the link of the show, um, and uh, you can actually see what what Steve's talking about. But uh, I don't know. Seems seems awesome. Um, and thanks for sharing that info. But uh, yeah. I don't know. And, yeah, no anything problem. else we're forgetting? Not that I can think of. If anyone has uh, questions, feel free to shoot me a message or contact me. I'm more than happy to help. uh, And uh, mites. (laughs) (laughs) Your life mission now is just to eradicate the species. I love it. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. The only one that we want we want to make extinct is a snake mite. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me what purpose it serves in nature. Them and mosquitoes. Why? Just what are you doing? So, yeah, yeah, whatever. But anyway. Okay. Um, let's talk about let's something better. On. <laughs> We're going to happy talk now. We're going to go happy talk. How is your breeding season going so far? What do you got cooking on, uh, cooking over there? That's funny because you say happy thoughts and I just think IJs. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, so I'm going to go over here and, you know, just I'm going to tune out for a couple minutes. So, go on. <laughs> Um, breeding season, um, let's see, for a while. This year I had a late start, uh, partially uh, due to Australia. Um, I was we'll gone from, yeah, we'll get to that. I was gone from the end of November to mid-December, and that's when I really started uh, introducing stuff. Um, so that being said, I had a late jump on uh, pairing stuff together. Um, and so... I really only saw my pair of albino Darwins locked up, um, and that was it. And I had posted that, you know, like a, a last month. Excuse me. That's good. Um, and didn't start seeing anything really start uh, locking up until January seventh. Okay. Um, caught my azanthic uh, IJ male locked up with a super zebra jag female. Um, so I'm excited for that pairing. Hopefully she takes and I can produce some, uh, zebra jags, heady xanthic and some zebras, heady xanthic. Um, and that male has just really been going to town. He locked up with a granite jag female and two normal, uh, Irian Jaya females. Um, I think I'm going to pair him with one more girl. Um, so we'll see. Um, if he still got it in him to lock up with a fifth female. Um, I have a pair of striped jungles that I got from uh, Todd um, a while ago, and they're now of size, and those have kind of been showing interest um, in each other. But other than that, it's just been a a slower breeding season this year, I think, Um, and I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm really focused on the IJs and... I have uh, two normal IJ pairings that I'm doing as well, um, along with the, the azanthic male to two normal females. So that'll be really neat. Um, I think that's, that's really it going on right now. Um, females are just starting to show um, pre-ovulation swell, swelling. Okay. Um, it looks like it uh, might snow over here in uh, my part of town, if you guys know what I mean. But 
we'll see if I get eggs first, and then we could go uh-huh. into more details with right. that. Right. Um, never count your chickens early, right? Um, and I haven't even seen a lock in that pair, um, but she's starting to swell. So who knows? Maybe you got the job done uh, when I wasn't around, or maybe she's just going to cycle and slug out and do her part, and he uh, did nothing. So we'll not. see. Yeah, me too. Even though I was a little disappointed in uh, how adult snows look. Um, really? I, I don't know why. I just Yeah, that's just my personal opinion. I don't know. I just pictured every snow looking like uh, uh, Wayne's uh, moon glows and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I know there there's no different genetics, snow. but yeah, <laughs> I just pictured that. Um, so that's it. Just holding holding back a lot of stuff. Uh, if we're gonna talk about you know babies that I hatched out uh, last season, um, I had a nightmare of a time like everything i hatched out didn't want to eat <laughs> um oh wow uh that yeah I, I have a super zebra male that just took his first uh fuzzy on his own and he hatched in july i've been assist feeding him oh. like, every week were you nervous about <laughs> wow. going away with him being such a dick like that i mean like, no, because I, I kept assist feeding him so every week so that he would put on weight. Okay, um, so it was okay that you were gone for like a uh, couple yeah. weeks to go to Australia. All right. But there was, uh, yeah, there was two snakes that, uh, two babies that I did lose that weren't as uh, good uh, weight-wise as he was. Um, and so it happens. I mean. I don't know yeah, if yeah, like to talk does. about it, but I did lose uh, two babies to that. Um, and then my double head azanthic granite clutch, which I was really stoked to hatch out back in April. Um, mm-hmm. Those babies didn't want to eat forever. And then they started eating like in August or something. Um, like four okay. months after they hatched. And st- same thing, like two of those just randomly dropped. And I was like, but they had food in their system. <laughs> Not big food either. Explain this. <laughs> oh, damn it. Um, so, yeah, don't don't have an answer for that. Was bummed out. Um, but I got, I think I've pretty much conquered, you know, the three clutches that I hatched this uh, or last year that didn't want to eat for me. Um, awesome. But the... Yeah, the bread lie did great. I did maternal incubation with those guys. Uh, they hatched out. They all shed like the same day. They're big, robust <laughs> babies. And uh, they were all eating on their own by the second time I offered food to them. So okay. I really dig maternal incubation. Awesome. There you go. So um, that's what I got going so. on here. That's yeah. cool. Um, so out of your projects this year, is there one that you're exceedingly excited about? Um, that's tough. I think would probably be a repeat pairing of uh, Diablo, that really dark uh, IJ male that I have, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. being bred back to his daughter, which I've seen zero locks from them this season. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. 
So we'll see what happens there. Um, I had a small clutch, um, and it was just kind of, yeah, a bunch of nonsense in that clutch. So we'll see uh, if I could get a, a second uh, sample size and see if there's anything going on with his uh, dark color and see if it's reproducible so. or not. It's going to be cool. Everybody loves a dark black snake with no yellow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so probably uh, probably that one or uh, anything azantic related. I mean, I've paired yeah. him with four different females so far, but, I mean, it's such a, a cool gene. Anybody who has one in person, I mean, you know, it's it's hard to photograph them and show their mm-hmm. true color. Um, you almost have to use a filter to say like, yeah, that's what he actually looks like. Um, yeah. <laughs> and when you see them in person, they're just really cool. So excited for that, but that that doesn't count as one pairing, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no that, that, that's kind of multiple. So, All right. So we'll see. Hopefully, any... hopefully Diablo by his daughter. That would be cool because I'm interested to see that kind of genetic thing. And I know Eric is, even though he might not admit it out loud. Oh, yeah. So, hell, yeah. Oh, he did. There we go. So, anyway, um, the, uh, any recent additions, any new projects that you're kind of wading into or something you kind of want to add this season? Um, I added uh, – Stonewashed bread lie to my collection last year. Um, oh, that's a good one. Hypo bread lie and inland carpet pythons. Nice. How do you like all those? How do you like them? I love them. The hypo is really awesome, really bright. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty badass, pretty cool. Can't wait to produce some of those. Um, Stonewashed, same, same thing. That's really awesome. Um, the inlands, I actually got um, the female was given to me for free because she only eats quail. Oh, and sure yeah. enough, she only eats quail. I had to specifically <laughs> order quail just for her. I couldn't, I couldn't trick her into anything here. Um, I forget which kind they are. I, I want to say the, the ones that start with the M. Um, Log. The mock line. Mo- yeah, the mock. I want to say it's those ones, the ones that tend to be a little more blue, and mm-hmm. apparently are easier to breed. I think they say. Yes. Yep. Yep. But but who are they? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. There's only a few of and them. And so. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we'll see. They're they're really neat. Same thing. Those are uh, similar to the azantic gene. Hard to photograph and show their true color. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I was uh, I was looking at uh, as Owen was going through some of the stuff you had. I was looking through your Facebook page, and two things popped out at me that I'm just curious. There's two jungles that you have. That's a future pairing F2 LASIK line or yes. LASIK line. What's what's the deal with them? Holy shit! Yeah. Um, so those guys, um, I am growing up. When did I add those? I added those, I think, at like the end of 2015. I just kept it really hush-hush for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, those are from great uh, bloodlines. Um, 
Lazic specifically with nothing else uh-huh. in it. Um, the breeder who produced these, who shall remain nameless, uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> he even though it's on there, if, if you look hard enough, you can figure it out. I'm not one of those, but um, yeah, he doesn't like attention. Um, that pair, um, he got the adults directly from uh, Lazic. And so there's no question marks. There's no if, ands, or buts. There's no, well, my friend had it for a little while, this or that. Um, and they've been coloring up nicely. And so the plan is to, get more from him and breed these two together and then cross them to a few. Cause he has um, some animals that are unrelated. Uh, same thing. He just bought from a few different clutches from directly from Lazic. Um, but those guys will not be ready just yet um, for another, probably two years being realistic. Uh, okay. But if I pull open their tub right now, yeah, they look pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're pretty nice, man. Um, um, yeah, so I was I was lucky enough to get those a while ago, and and they've been coloring up nicely um, because when I got them, they had no color. It was just like like most jungles, based on what the per, uh, parents looked like. Right. Yeah, the other one that I noticed was that granite jag. Holy crap, that thing is bright. <laughs> Usually, you don't yeah. see that on uh, granite jags. The granite jag, yeah. I I will not lie. I think that she's still in her young um, stages of, you know, where they're really popping. Um, mm-hmm. Every shed, it starts to, I mean, if you if you look at a lot of granite jags, they almost look um, like they have their 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 pinpoints. And the, you, you could see the granite gene, and then it looks mm-hmm. like it was still wet, and somebody got a napkin and rubbed over it and smeared it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I expect that to still happen with her. I don't think I have anything magical, truth be told. But I would not complain if she stayed this bright and cool. Yeah, hell no. Um, and same thing with her. She's actually looking like she's having some uh, pre-ovulation swelling as I'm looking at her right now. Nice. That'd be so, good. Very see, cool. She was bred to to uh, that azanthic male, so that would make jag double hets and go that route. Because everybody needs an IJ jag. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was just going to ask All you right. that. Like, do you, is there a is there a market out for that? Is that you see people like I I find that I don't know. My opinion would be that if they're done right, they can be very very nice jags. You know, but do you find that people are even care about that anymore now that all the morphs are, you know, taken over? I think people do still care for a few reasons. Somehow, some way, um, IJ Jags tend to still be one of the first snakes that pe- that gets people in the carpets, and it's always um, son of Bullwinkle that they show me a picture of. I want this snake. <laughs> Uh-huh. Anthony Campanato's site always pops up. Um, and so I think IJ Jags, as much as people don't like them, um, are a big part of the hobby in terms of getting people interested in them um, for a few reasons. is Because so many uh, keepers, established keepers, um, 
don't really think much of them anymore. The price has come down on them quite a bit. And so it's more affordable for people who are new to the hobby yet want a very pretty snake. Um, right. I, I personally, uh, my opinion was I got um, a, what was he, like an 87.5% IJ Jag um, that was, um, his dad was like a 75%er from Anthony Campanetto. And um, I raised him up, bred him once, uh, only produced three Jags of a clutch of like 12. Um, and so it was kind of discouraged by that, but it was one of those things. I just wanted to breed them once, say I did it and then sold, uh, that breeder male and all three babies, including one of the females that I was holding back, but I figured I don't really need her. Don't plan on breeding her or having her on uh display. Right. Um, so that's my thoughts of that. Um, yeah, I was looking, in terms of like, was, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to no, no, say no, in ahead. terms of like the market for a granite jag female bred to an azantic, uh male. In this case, I think <clears throat> there will be a market for that because not too many people are going to want to breed jag double het to jag double het and potentially kill the the super form. Uh, mm-hmm. And so um, people who do want to make the three gene, you know, Jag um, Azanta Granite are going to need a normal double head sibling, making the siblings more desirable in this case. Um, and obviously the, the Jag, the IJ Jag that's simply double head, uh, more desirable in this case. But of course, that's just my opinion. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you. I would agree. You know, especially with, um, you know, I guess you already have, you know, if you're doing that with Jag to Jag, and then you're throwing the granite gene in there, which already has possible issues that can be outcrossed for, but I don't know. It just seems to me like when you put too many of the, I think that may be the problem with uh, albino super zebra, you know, super zebra already kind of has you know, the kink tail thing, and then you put albino, which is kind of, is recessive and hasn't been outcrossed, you know, that kind of deal. I don't know. You put too many defective genes together, sometimes it doesn't make for a work. healthy it snake. Doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The snake. The snake stops. It doesn't know how to snake. So yeah. I got you. Yeah. So I'm with you. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know. Were you? Do you have more questions, Owen, or? I think I'm tapped on that one. I think it's time for you two to nerd out about IJs. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> the whole episode has been building to this. So, yeah. Well, we don't we don't get to talk about IJs too often on the show because we know Owen's love affair with them. Um. Yeah. You mean my hatred? You mean my yeah. old hatred? I think I'm yeah. just gonna send him a box of like different IJs no, and don't say do that. like. Unknown carpet, cool. Just keep it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess you and so me are kind of. What? What's that? Uh, An unknown box how, of how IJ? Your IJ projects. Yeah. Uh, um, my IJ projects are 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 great. Um, 
You know, uh, I find that, uh, you know, I've talked about this on the show, but the poison ivy babies, um, the more and more they, uh, they progress, the darker and darker they get. Uh, there's a few of them that are, that, that are not getting dark, which I don't know what that means, but you know, um, it's a bummer that poison ivy passed away, uh, which kind of like, you know, total kick in the dick when it comes to that project, but at least I have the babies, you know, um, and pure ones, right? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have, I I don't have any, I, uh, do I, do I, do I have eyes? Well, I mean, I have granite jags and stuff like that, but when it comes to like IJs, there's nothing that's not like documented lineage and stuff that I, I don't work with any of like that, uh, undocumented type of stuff. I don't know. I, I, well, that's good. I'm going, for, yeah, I'm going for a bunch of different looks. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, what's your, what's your, uh, what are you trying to achieve when it comes to IJs? Do you have a specific project that you're selectively breeding for, or are you just trying to make nice um, IJs? Me personally, it's a little, I plan on doing a lot with IJs. I have a lot of stuff that I'm currently growing up. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm sure you're familiar with, you've seen my pictures of the farmed uh, imported babies I have. <laughs> um, yes. And we've talked about that. Uh-huh. I'm quite familiar with those. <laughs> okay. So if you could picture those, um, I have, um, a pair that I was able to keep of the group um, that have a really awesome stripe. Uh, and so I could send uh, pictures to the NPR chat a little bit later so people could see. Um, but I plan on breeding them to each other to see if I could prove out if there's first and foremost, I mean, most of us we're trying to prove out if it's genetic, but if not, then, uh, see if I could line breed for it, literally, um, because they have a really nice stripe. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be one pairing, and, you know, they're, they're farmed, farmed hatch, farm bred, whatever you want to call it. In theory, it's uh, also new blood to the U.S. Um, on top of that, you know, some of the other animals that came in with them, um, one of these animals is like, has retained a good amount of red. And in talking to Riley specifically, I believe he says he has a female that also has kept quite a bit of red. Um, So that would be cool to produce, not necessarily red IJs, but just different looking animals per se uh, for IJs because a lot of people haven't focused on IJs. and we, we always talk, it's kind of funny, we always talk about, oh, if we could get this from Australia, you know, we would, we would take care of it and line breed it and this and that. And it's like, no, you wouldn't. You'd put it with a jag. A <laughs> <jag>. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and it's like IJs, I mean, they haven't, I probably shouldn't say this, but maybe it'll help uh, me sell IJs in the future. You know, the, the market is still open to import them. Um, and get new blood and we could still work with them and, and refine them and, and do 
this and that and the sky is the limit. Maybe I'm a little optimistic because I love IJs, but there's a lot that could still be done with them. And uh, I plan on doing that. You know, I, I'm working with the azanthic gene, and so that's going to be the morph side of it. Um, uh-huh. You know, and I have, you know, pure granites. But just selectively breeding for different things. I mean, there's, I think you're working with tiger IJs, which tend to have a more pinstripe line down their back which in my opinion is very cool and way it's a, it's a cleaner stripe than what mine have because mine, it kind of connects to their lateral pattern. Um, yeah, it's just different. And so that's what makes them cool. In my opinion is there's still a lot of variation, just like in any of the other carpet subspecies, but there's still a lot that could be done with them in my opinion. Yeah, I think, well, from that group that you're talking about, um, I have one female that has a really nice stripe, and um, I plan on putting that with the tiger male IJ when that's grown up to see what happens there. Um, Yeah, that'll be cool. uh, I'm hoping to see, you know, maybe it'll be a variation in stripes or whatever, but, uh, you know, that's my hope. Um, Yeah. As far as that red, I would have to say, and now that I'm thinking of it, I think there is one in particular that does have a little bit of red in my group that you that you sent me. Um, yeah. I have to take some pictures of them. I haven't. Uh, <laughs> I've slapped. Yeah. Oh, you, believe that. me, I know you haven't. <laughs> I know firsthand yeah. that you haven't. I've bugged you yeah. about them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm excited about like you know. Uh, when it comes to projects that I have, I, I guess I'm not going to be breeding this year, but I got that really, uh, you've seen it before I've shown you, but that mm-hmm. really nice one from Nick, which is, uh, she is a yeah. import um, long-term captive. And then I'm going to put that with the PC boy. Um, that's from a poster child to a poster child. So very nice, really reduced, like there's basically no black and you know just refining that to hope to uh create a different look then i have these other ones which i've shown you these as well where they have more of that um the contrast is just bolder um i don't know if i have a picture of it or not but i'll share it in the chat as we're talking but if i can refine Mm -hmm. this look uh, every time i post these animals up you know people just go holy shit, you know, and it's like, what's that? It's an IJ. Really? <laughs> you know, it's always the same response. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. There's a, I'm with you. I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's just because the people that I talked to early on when I was getting into carpets, uh, you know, I think of Luke Snell and he was big time into IJs, if that just sort of influenced me. But um uh, I don't know, man. There's just so much potential there with that, with those guys. Um, and uh, just recently, I picked up that one from um, uh, Hesham, which actually came from uh, a guy out in. Uh, I knew you bought it. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know the one I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, Holy I commented. Shit. I was like, I hope this guy like shares shares that he bought it. And I was thinking, Eric, <laughs> Eric bought it. Yeah, 
Let me see. I got these two pictures there. I would ask this question. So you deal with other carpets. Do you find um, you find IJs to be a little more sensitive? Sensitive? For... As far as, I don't know. Just when I think of coastal carpets, they're freaking bulletproof. They can withstand temp drops and all that stuff. And I just find that with me personally – that IJ seem to be a little bit more on the sensitive side when it comes to uh, to that kind of stuff. What's your What's your experience? That's interesting because I would have said, <clears throat> um, I would have said different that the IJ seem to be bulletproof, um, and in fact, um, you know, when I first started really getting into carpets. Um, I didn't have a, an insulated uh, reptile room. Um, and so before I insulated it, you know, the, the IJs were getting as cold as I was taking my bread lie, and they were just fine. No signs of fire really? or anything like that. Um, Holy shit. Mind you, these, these exactly. <laughs> and I've, I've admitted I take my bread lie cold. Uh, people will say, you take your bread lie that cold? Wow. <laughs> and they're breeding <laughs> them too, and they know. Mm. Um, part of it um, – and we've talked about this on one of the other shows um, is that I think it helps if you get a snake as a baby and you raise it up and cycle it through and kind of get it used to your environment. You know, a lot of people on the Eastern U S have talked about getting a snake from the West coast and it stresses out, doesn't eat or, or uh, even gets an RI and it's not that cold over there yet, or they have a, the room insulated and heated. And it it really is different in terms of temps. I mean, here in Southern California, it's it's most of the year pretty warm or hot. Uh, right. So I think that's part of it is that I raised these IJs up when they were young. Um, I did notice that when I start started to get older animals from different people, um, the ones that were coming from different parts of California um, or the West Coast if they were older, they did start to show signs of RI and I'd have to move them around or do whatever um, to fix that before it became, you know, full-blown RIs. Um, But the ones that came from like the Eastern U S were cold tolerant and were fine, even though I got them when they were older. Um, So I still have mixed opinions on that. I, I wouldn't call them. I would say they're hardier than not, but I wouldn't say they're they're super sensitive, and that's just my experience. Mind you, I only have a few, and I'm pretty sure Eric, you have probably more than just about anybody in the U.S. In terms oh, Jesus, of just I, IJs, you have a lot. Pure IJs, yeah, I think I have probably close to thirty or forty just IJs. Yeah, just you IJs. Exactly. Crazy person. That's <laughs> insane. I think yeah. I have like. 19, maybe 21. Um, one. I have one. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> oh, progress. Progress. Well, no. Yeah. The other one is with Jason Balin. So I have one. I technically have two, but right now I have one. So oh, man. there you go. Ends the, <laughs> ends the fight to kill mites and starts a movement to get Owen into IJ's full, full blown. <laughs> that, movement, that movement has been started and killed. Numerous times over the five year yeah. history of this show. Yeah. So it's funny. You know. Owen will come to my place and like if you're into IJs yeah. and I'm showing him these different things and he's just like, 
Whereas if you're an IJ lover, you'd be like, oh, my God, that's awesome. And he's just like, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> that's an IJ. So, so what? Move on. <laughs> It sounds like when people show me their coastal carpet pythons, that's how I am. I, I really am. And I try I try to not be shitty about it. I, I tell people, I, I don't know, coastals just don't do it for me. I mean, I could appreciate their beauty. I still think some of them are cool. But for the most part, if I see a coastal, I don't care what it is. I'm like, yeah, it's just a coastal. <laughs> but IJs, that's, that's where it's at, IJs. I love coastals and I'm indifferent to jungles, but... That's just, you know, they're, they're there. But coastals are mine, so there you go. See, apparently I don't fit in with the IJ people because I fit in with the coastal people. So. Yeah, those coastal yeah. people are weird. <laughs> 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 but aren't we all? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I we're think... starting to try to really examine shit. So. I think the thing with, with, with always, you know, attracted me to IJs in particular was there's a couple things. One is I love as adults where they have that big beefy head. I mean, their head is big and chunky and like no other carpet has that same look. Um, then they have more of a palette of colors to work with where I find that, you know, when you're talking about jungles, you're looking at yellow and black. And that's pretty much what you're working with, which is beautiful. You know, um, inlands, you're looking at, you know, blue, uh, diamonds or black and white or black and yellow coastals. You're pretty much, you can refine, you know, uh, different yeah. shades of what would it be? Brown. <laughs> Brown and, <laughs> well, I, you know, like M pens, they, they get a, some like yellow into them and, you know, obviously got the morphs like the red and all that stuff. When it comes to IJs, you got black, you got brown, you got khaki. You know, some I find some of mine have more yellow than others, where others have had, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, very reduced orange. pattern and it makes it pop. There's orange, like the one I just posted in the thing. Like, what I'm trying to do with that is, if you look in the sides, how like orange the the you know like those the flanks coming up the saddles are, if you can just keep refining that to make that orange, you know, if you look at some of those, there's like no black at the bottom. So I don't know. I just think it makes it pop all the more. And, um, you know, it, 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 you haven't, it, he, we haven't even touched the surface of refining like the granite or exanic, even into any of these, you know, uh, nicer bloodlines of, of IJs, you know, um, so when you start doing that, I don't, I don't know. It just seems to make for a, you know, a prettier, a prettier uh, carpet, in my opinion. No. Yeah. You have more of a palette to work with. You have more potential in what you can do with it. If that makes sense. So. Yeah, of course. No, they're 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 really neat, and most of what you said is referred to, you know, the different color variation, but. There's still like like you touched base on pattern variation too that we could you know work with if anybody puts in the time and I guess that's just gonna be us two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody else cares. Yeah. We'll just trade you, IJs you back and forth yeah. with ourselves. <laughs> you trade an IJs and being happy. No, so. you know what's gonna yeah. happen? I think this is what's nope. gonna happen, Steve, and you'll probably it agree. Isn't. Ten years from now, right? When guys like me and you, Riley, uh, Tony, 
I'm trying to think of some of the other IJ lovers out there. Um, but uh, Chris, you know, uh, all these guys that, that, that have put the, the time into selective breeding, <clears throat> you're going to find that people are going to turn their heads and be like, what the hell? You know, because yeah. uh, it's just going to, I think it's just going to blow people's mind in my opinion, you know, but right now you're dealing with that. Oh, it's just an IJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Terrell. Yeah, yeah. He's another one. Terrell has some nice IJs. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I'm going to go get some wild ones and produce my own line. This way you guys are forced to deal with the McIntyre line IJs. So, <laughs> you got to breed yeah, them first, I my man. In fact, you got to keep true. them long enough to breed them. That is the only <laughs> downside. Is I, I, yeah, that's why it'll never happen. So. <laughs> But boy, that irony would be fantastic. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. Eric's like, I gotta get some McIntyre. I just, God, that hurts just saying it. Yeah. Hurts my soul. <laughs> hurts my soul. Yeah. <clears throat> Perfect. I would agree sweet. with you, though. I would agree with you. Like, uh, I have had trouble when I'm getting female adults. Uh, there's a couple times where I, I got some females in and, um, I don't know. It could have been just bad luck or whatever, but they seem that one, especially when they've come from, uh, it seems like if I've gotten them somewhere else besides the East coast, um, they're way more sensitive. Some of them have had issues with our eyes, uh, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. It's, Similar to contrast. I mean, it makes you, it makes you wonder. I mean, it's something that we don't think about, but, it could uh, it could very well be as simple as sending one from one side of the U.S. to the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah, it, could be. you know, it gets cold here, man. <laughs> here on the East Coast, yeah. Yeah. cold. What's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one in particular excited about. I just saw you posted up the stripe looking ones, which are fantastic, and that's the. You know, you still in that in that second one, you sort of got what I'm talking about, where like towards the tail there, it's like black at the top, but towards the bottom, you can see that that red blushing or orange blushing that's going to be coming in. Um, yeah. And then that last one you posted up, that's the that's the farm one, right? That you got. Holy shit! The third dude. picture. Yeah. The last picture is the wild caught female, the one yes. that was glowing orange when I first got it. Holy shit! Let me see. Yeah. Let me see if I have a more recent picture of her. Um, That's fantastic. I actually do. I have her with a boa cabana male here, right here. Nice. So she's not as orange as when I first got her, but she's still very light in color. Um, in fact, oh, so yeah, she... that, that boa that boa cabana male is very, very light, but he looks quite a bit darker than her next to her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at the difference. Wow. That's huh. nice, man. What do you think of that, Owen? <laughs> <laughs> What's the size of that male? Are they breeding? Holy smokes. You're like uh, me, man. Not... <laughs> yeah. He's actually been showing interest. I've seen him, uh, what appears to be uh, him, uh, what I call spurring her out 
uh, you know, when uh-huh. they're they're doing their little spur dance on the female. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't seen a, a solid lock. Um, he's a he's a very small male. He, like most people would probably only feed him a hopper mouse, maybe a medium mouse. Me, on the other hand, you know, I feed big, so large mouse or retired breeder. Um, okay. Uh, All right. But, yeah, he, he stopped eating, so I was like, well, he must want to meet a female. So I threw him in, and we'll see what happens. The worst that could happen is he doesn't do the job. Sure. Yeah, that's a pretty um, snake, man. <clears throat> thank you. Yeah, that was the, that was what happened with my Xanthic male uh, last year was he stopped eating, and, you know, he was right around 400 grams, and I'm thinking i got to make it to five or 600 grams. And I'm like, man, he stopped eating. I'm not going to make it. And I was like, well, let me throw him with a female. I threw him with my granite female, and he sired a clutch. So nice. I try and let the snakes talk to me. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm still not very good at that. I'm, I'm just guessing yeah. here. I'm just throwing stuff together. <laughs> they know best, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so... What was the other thing I was going to ask? Uh, as far as, um, you know, when you're breeding IJs, do you find that they fall into the category of they go first? Does that happen with you as well, like in your experience, as far as yes. breeding goes? Um, my males, uh, my male uh, IJs tend to uh, lock up very early on, generally like November. Even uh-huh. I've had a, as early as like early November, uh, late okay. November all the way through just about December and generally nothing in January. However, this is a Xanthic male. Same thing last year. He didn't lock up until mid January this year. He didn't lock up until, you know, uh, a couple weeks into January. Um, so he's different. Um, huh. but for the most part, the IJs go first, in my opinion, I would say I don't have coastals, but I would say if I had to put a, a timeline on things, it would be IJs, Coastals, uh, Jungles, and Darwins could go interchangeable. Um, uh-huh. And then um, I don't know anything about Inlands. <laughs> and uh, and then, like, Breadlock, in terms of what I keep. Yeah, I think sure Inlands are more... That people are... Yeah, there's more springtime, so they would be with Breadlock yeah. and Diamonds. Yeah. Huh. Okay, cool. Well, uh, what do we got? We got maybe 15 minutes left in the show. So I guess what we'll hit on is the the trip. Uh, yeah. No, more IJ talk for Owen. <laughs> 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 we'll have to do that on uh, the show. That uh, he he when he takes his vacation, that's when we'll do an IJ show. I promise. <laughs> oh, thank God! Oh, thank God! We'll do an we keep IJ telling round him table. it's his vacation. We keep telling him <laughs> it's his vacation. It's a vacation for us IJ guys. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> but just kidding. Um, so the trip um, to Australia. Um, that is the one that the one that you guys did not go on. Yes. Yeah. Um, we suck. I know. I know. I buy house, your, your words. <laughs> We've already I do. established that. I do. I suck 100%. It was me and Owen's idea. I mean, <laughs> we didn't go. <laughs> yeah. We started it way back in Carpet Fest, and 
you know, Chris was locked in and then Nick was like, he was locked in and we were locked in and, you know, everything was going good. And, uh, I had to buy a house, which, which I thought I would still be able to swing it. And then, you know, Nick was, you know, going to pay front me the money and this and that. And I don't know, I, I needed more money for putting the down payment and it just, Oh man, t- uh, trust me. When you guys were sending me yeah. pictures, I was, uh, <laughs> I was quite depressed, <laughs> but yeah, I'm yeah, glad that, uh, yeah. yeah, you guys got to go, but I mean, was it, what was it like seeing a carpet Python in the, in the wild? Um, everybody that listens to the show is 18 plus, I hope, but it's like, uh, yes. it's like the first time, you know, that, that oh, first okay. time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, it was definitely you. that first time experience. Wow. Uh, that good, huh? Unforgettable. <laughs> that good. In fact, maybe better. There was a lot less better. talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Nice. The show is taking a dark, dark turn. All right. Anyway. The, that's anyway. A, your interpretation, guys, okay? Yeah. I mean, I remember the first time I played basketball. It was great. Um, anyway. Oh, 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 all right. Um, right. So, yeah, it was, it was really neat. I mean, um, I was fortunate enough to go, um, you know, everything kind of worked out. It, it happened really fast, you know, started planning for the, sh- uh, the trip in like April of last year. And the trip was, you know, to, to, to happen in, uh, November. And so, you know, we're hunting for tickets, staying in contact with each other. And um, one day the tickets just dropped and we're super low. We bought them. And mm-hmm. lucky enough, what helped me pay for them was selling a double-headed xanthan granite. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that's literally the only reason I was able to go on this trip because I hadn't really planned for it. Um, right. And so the, the flight out there, you know, was long. Um, we got there. Um, we rent, we rented a car, uh, and then just started driving, boom, leaving the city. Uh, you know, we hit, we hit one grocery store and loaded up on tuna and peanut butter and bread. Um, but that was it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so that's, that's what we lived off of for most of the time. You know, there's roadhouses out there, um, uh, every few hundred miles or so. And you stop and right. fill up gas and grab a burger, um, but the land was amazing. It's just so much open land and you're, you're literally driving through the desert for about an hour. And then just out of nowhere, like if there was a fence, just boom, trees and jungle, just like, it doesn't, it doesn't even gradually get there. It's just boom. Like somebody dropped a rainforest in the middle of this desert and you're driving through that for sometimes just five minutes, sometimes 20 minutes, sometimes, uh, 30 minutes to an hour and then desert again. <laughs> um, wow. So it was really neat to see that, um, you know, sometimes just flat land and then mountains, um, just so much land. And um, it just, it's really cool to see. I mean, it's no wonder they have so many different things in so many different little niches and environments because, I mean, anything that would have been in that rainforest that you're driving through for 30 minutes to an hour wouldn't be able to make it to the next rainforest because you're driving through a desert for another hour, you know, and would have died on the way in theory. 
Um, <laughs> so it's really cool to have seen that. Um, in terms of stuff that we saw animal-wise, I mean, we saw quite a bit. We were lucky because any, like any herper knows, you could go out one night and see nothing and the next night see everything. Um, and for the most part, I think we saw everything every night except for the one night we called it at like 9 o'clock where we, had, we were just done um, because for m- most, of, most of the days, we start looking at, uh, for snakes right around sundown um, and looking until 2 in the morning and waking up anywhere between 5 a.m. and 8 a.m. start looking for monitors on the road. Um, and so we were very sleep deprived. And so there was like one night we saw like two things and then we, we called it a night and it was still early. We were just exhausted. Um, right. Got it. About, about 10 to 1 in terms of uh, venomous snakes per, per one python. Uh, wow. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So, so lots so of So you slept good uh, at night. Yeah. yeah. Luckily I was, nice uh, comfy. I was, I don't know if anyone saw the picture that, uh, the pictures that got posted, but I was, uh, in the tent that was on the Jeep or whatever. Okay. We were oh, in okay. Subaru. Um, so I didn't worry too much, but, um, yeah, the, the a couple of the other guys, you know, Mark and, uh, um, uh, had his tent set up on the floor and was just out there roughing it. So yeah, I, I don't know. I slept, but you know, I worried about him. I guess a little bit. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, him. Oh well. Time to go to bed. So yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, that's cool. So let me ask you this question. Going there and and actually being in the environment, have you do you have a different appreciation of now keeping them in captivity? Do you have like as 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 anything changed of like your thought of like maybe you know how hot it's there or the humidity or you know anything like that? Um, yes and no, partially. Partially no, mainly because I was only there for such a short period of time. And so I know that they have true seasons versus uh, here in Southern Southern California. We don't really have true seasons. It's just hot. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it gets a little bit cooler in our winter months, you know, especially Mm -hmm. where I live closer to L.A. Um, Right. And so I know that they have, you know, a true rain uh, period and and stuff like that. Um, What... What um, I did take back, though, is looking during the day. I mean, yes, snakes are nocturnal and stuff, and so it's going to be hard to find stuff. But most of them are probably going to be either in a hollow tree or climbed up a tree. Uh, Not likely underground. And that being said, it kind of makes you uh, reevaluate if you should be keeping carpets in, in racks or bigger cages. And, right. You know, even my adults that are in in big racks, you know, the tubs are deep, but at the end of the day, it's it's not a a six foot tall cage, and and so kind of thought of of that and replacing some caging, um, me personally. Right. Um, and that was just from what I saw in that short period of time. In terms of temperature, 
Um, it was pretty warm out there uh, when we happened to mm-hmm. go. So I know that when I talk about keeping my snakes hot and everybody flinching and cringing, um, I think I'm probably okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what about like, how did the temperature turn at night? Did it, did it drop down to where it was colder? Um, when we got higher up closer to like, uh, Cape York, uh, tip and, um, uh, in the rainforest and stuff um, on nights that it kind of rained. It was a little uh-huh. bit cooler and actually ended up putting on sweats and sleeping in a sweater, you know, uh-huh. cause we're only in a tent. Um, but it wasn't unbearable. It's not like, you know, if I would have slept in boxers and no shirt that I would have frozen, died or woke up sick with a cough or pneumonia. It wasn't that cold. It was just uncomfortable okay. cold, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it does. So their night, so their night drops. Um, yes. Are, um, at least the time of year that we went are substantial. You know, it's it's a few degrees cooler. Um, and so, what was it? I think it was on average 35 degrees Celsius during the day and, like, dropping down to 23 at night um, and didn't really find stuff when it got below, like, 17 or 18 degrees uh, Celsius. Uh, had most success finding things on nights that it was 19 to 21, I believe. Okay. If I recall correctly, uh, the other right. guys could cross reference that and say, no, Steven's full of shit or not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. those are the numbers I recall. Um, okay. And so you guys could do the math because I don't, I don't want to do it. <laughs> um. I- yeah, and, and, and just open land um, kind of makes you wonder how much uh, water they really get in the wild. I mean, I know um, when we're going through the desert, not really going to find too many, um, per se, carpets um, in that area. But when we're up in, like, uh, when we're in Iron Range for, like, the scrubs and stuff or uh, Juladin um, um, and found that Juladin uh, jungle, um that was more rainforest like, so it would have more access to water, but it's still, I don't know. didn't see like a river running through. Like, I guess I pictured in my mind <laughs> before having gone there. Right. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when are you going well, back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either. This November or next November? I think that's what we were kind of joking about is either 11 months from that trip or um, uh, 23 months from that trip. <laughs> but right around the beginning I, of November. 23, because now I should have my shit together. So, finally. Owen, yeah. Owen, if you're going, we're going to Indonesia to pick up some IJs first. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Either there or on the way back. So you're going to have yeah, to be okay back. with that. We'll do, it, we'll, do it, we'll do it on the way back. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole yeah. other uh, crazy trip, trip because you're dealing with people that can eat you, <laughs> kill you, and yep. you don't know. <laughs> you yeah, know we I mean? want to go up a mountain fun. with Ari. So. Yeah. If I'm going to look for IJs, I'm taking Dan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Dan and Nick, the two uh, silverback gorillas, we'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Just hide behind them. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh. That's funny. Yeah, it was definitely a bummer that uh, that we couldn't go. But uh, yeah, there's always next time. Um, I'm already, uh, you know, looking at my schedule and stuff for November. It might be t- difficult for me this year in November simply because we're opening new stores and stuff. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to get off. But the following November should be no problem Boy, at all. 23. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if the opportunity should arise, I, I'm not going to admit, I'm not going to pass that up. You know, I, it's actually the one thing that my wife has told me. She's like, uh, she's like, you need to go to Australia. You have to go. I'm like, yeah, oh, well, no, we didn't have some. I mean, she, she's like, I don't care if we have to do without for whatever. You have to go. And I'm like, wow, she's pretty awesome. Dory's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty cool wife. <laughs> yeah. Dory's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Well, she knows yeah, that, you... like, you know, talking about it all the time, that that's like a dream of mine. You know what I mean? So. And she's, she yeah. also is like, Eric, you should quit your job and breed snakes. It's like, wait, what? So. <laughs> <laughs> no. She sounds very inspirational. Yeah. 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 She's just all. Yeah, I lucked out, man. I got lucky. So. No, that's very cool. Um, yeah, everybody should try and hit Australia once. Uh, it's just amazing. The water's so clear. Um, the, the wildlife, the people are nice. You name it. Um, I got stung by a jellyfish, but not a deadly one, so I was okay. <laughs> well, that's good. I, 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 I lived. Okay, good. It's, yeah, it's like I lived. <laughs> oh, so, man. That well, that's cool. cool. Yeah, I got to get uh I got to I've been so busy these past couple of weeks that I haven't been able to get it together, but um I was talking to Nick and Chris about it, but I'd like to get you guys on and just, you know, I'm sure there were shenanigans that happened and all kinds of crazy oh, yeah. shit that uh we could talk about and live through you right. guys uh, you know. And we we got to uh, give Nick his chance to you know, dress us down publicly on air for not going yeah, on the trip. He's got so, you know, <laughs> we got to take our medicine. So Exactly. That's funny. I'm sure the whole time he's like, uh, you know, he just kept sending me pictures. It's like every day I would get, actually it wasn't the day. It was like the middle of the night. My phone would be like, bing, 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 bing. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? And I look at it and it's like, oh, we just found the scrub. Oh, we just found a, yeah. a gelatin jungle. Oh, yeah. we're gonna go swimming in the Great Barrier Reef. I'm like, you fuckers. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm glad damn for you it. guys. What's yeah, the price? Crazy. At the end of the day, is it affordable? Yes, I think it very much is affordable. If you plan right and budget, start saving a little bit of money here and there. Um, it's very affordable. I personally took uh, some. Uh, uh, cash and uh, a credit card, you know, with uh, a zero balance on it, because I told myself there's a chance I'm never coming back. So if I run out of cash, I'll, I'll rack up the credit card if need be. Um, <laughs> right. And yeah. so luckily it didn't resort to that. You know, I still had a few pennies left um, in cash leaving there. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, very much so affordable. Um, you could plan to do it and save money and, 
take money. I mean, keep in mind the, depending on where you go, if you go in the city, you're going to need more money, but the car rental was the most expensive part. You know, we bought a loaf of bread and tuna and Nutella and peanut butter. And so we were living off of that and bottles of water, you know, for most of the trip, you know, you want your occasional hamburger and, and chips over there, not French fries. Um, Right. You do it when you stop at a roadhouse, but for the most part, that's what we we're living off of, um, and then just driving. So no hotel um, uh, fare. You know, you don't have to pay for a hotel. Um, you're just splitting the gas, the car rental, and, and that's it. Um, not to mention when you're there, like the food and the water is kind of pricey, but their camping mm-hmm. equipment is dirt cheap. Like you could get a two-person tent. I think I saw for like. Eighteen dollars, nineteen dollars, um, and like a four-person tent for twenty or thirty dollars. It wasn't very expensive, but their hamburgers are like nine dollars. Uh, <laughs> okay. So yeah, for two hamburgers and you got a two-person tent, or their bottles of water were like six to nine dollars, depending on the size and and the type of water, which most places only had one water type um the ice was really expensive i mean it makes sense but i don't know it's just a little bit backwards uh, our food here in america is dirt cheap but the camping equipment is expensive right huh oh. okay so yeah that's that's something to think about but very much so affordable good that's very good cool. to hear <laughs> um in my opinion all right <laughs> All right. Um, why don't you uh, throw out your uh, throw out any info? Where can people get in touch with you? What's your YouTube page? All that stuff. So, um, my YouTube is sbkreptiles.com. So the dot is actually spelled out. Um, okay. Instagram is sbkreptiles. Facebook SBK Reptiles for the actual page that you could like and see where I post most things. Otherwise, if you want to send me a friend request, um, Stephen Katz. Um, okay. That's pretty much what I'm on. Um, I will likely be going to Southwest Carpet Fest, which will be like June uh, 10th and 11th of this year. Uh-huh. And so if you want to meet me in person, um, I will be there. Uh, cool. We could talk more about Frontline there. Uh, you could get in touch with uh, me or like Travis. Travis is really running it. Travis of uh, Living Legless Reptiles, I believe. Um, he's uh-huh. uh, hosting it this year. Um, nice. Otherwise, yeah, I'll, I'll try and hit more shows uh, and hopefully go over to the eastern U.S. Uh, later this year for more shows and uh, meet up cool. with you guys. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Gonna come to the Morelia Mecca. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> um, Lee, I'll let you. I'll let you buy me a beer, and then you can you can pitch your case about IJs. You know, you can try to get it to a certain point. So find you a pair. You got to get the SBK Reptiles line of IJs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you gotta do. Well, you got, you got yeah, to that's what you gotta do. That's what you gotta start off with. Yeah, laying um, on the groundwork. Yeah. So, I mean, if anybody's interested, I I still have some bread live for sale from 2016. A couple of jungles and zebras. 
Um, cool. Then some designer jungles that people uh, shame because they don't have solid background. No. <laughs> you name it. <laughs> Let me know. Oh. I could find it. I can make it work. There you go. All right. Well, yeah, thank you well, guys for having me. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks Always for coming on. Back. Yeah. I'll have you back on later if you can make us feel real, real bad about missing Australia. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's when we'll go into all the detail. Yeah. 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 We'll get the nitty gritty. Yeah, I like that. I'm just giving people a teaser, just a little tease. <laughs> yeah, just a little okay. tease. Cool. All right, but, Steve. All right. Thanks for coming on. Right. Appreciate it. Thank Talk you, guys. All right, all right, man. Good night. Bye. All right. Uh, cool. So I'm looking forward to find out everything that we missed on that trip. I'm telling you, man, there's some crazy shenanigans that had to have happened on that trip. For I am, sure. but I'm not. It's like, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds great. I can almost picture it. Oh, I can almost picture it like I was supposed to be there. So, you know, yeah. like there's that. So um, and I do hope they stick to the guns and do the trip again. Not this coming November, but next, you know, because hopefully by then I'll have all my shit together and uh, we can partake. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, we have to sit down and talk about trips that we're going to be taking this year anyway, because uh, as I'm doing my taxes uh, today, because I'm getting everything ready to go to the accountant, uh, Uh I'm looking at my expenses and all of a sudden it says, like, you know, American Airlines. I'm like, when the hell was I doing stuff with American Airlines in, like, May? I'm like, oh, right, there was that one little trip to Texas. I'm like, so that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. I guess we're going to have to do that again. So, you know, there's all that going. So, like, that just made me think of it today. I'm like, yeah. I'm like you know, there's Texas and there's Chicago. And then this August, I do want to try to make a vacation to Florida. And I want to do it around the same time that they have the Daytona show. But go down, check out Daytona, maybe do some field herping with uh, some people we know down there. I know KJ's in some good spots. Uh, oh, that would be sweet. Out, wouldn't it? And then maybe go check out, uh, God damn it. Yo, if we go down there, we got to go to St. Augustine's uh, Crock Farm. Say, go to St. Aug and then go home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, maybe maybe we should start looking at that one. Maybe we'll start doing the thing that if you want to take a trip with uh, Morelia Python Radio, where we don't pay anything, but we allow you to come with us. So, you know, <laughs> it's okay. We're not that famous, dude. <laughs> Damn right. Uh, so. You know what's... Yo, you know what? I have to get uh, – I, I forgot to tell you this, but this is a pretty funny story. So you know how you came yeah. over and we signed those calendars? Well, <laughs> so in my in my delusion, I actually mailed them to somebody else by accident. So we got to re-sign <laughs> some. <laughs> they got God all mixed up. It. You know, God they got all mixed it. up. And I was like, I'm putting them in the envelope. And then I sealed all the envelopes uh, and I'm, and I'm looking for it. And I'm like, Oh, uh-oh. God damn it. God damn <laughs> uh, it. So I'll be down yeah. there. I'll be down that way this weekend. I'll okay. swing by your house. Yeah. Quick Not signature. We'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody, somebody out there's 
gonna get some autograph calendars and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I hope they got it someone who's gonna be like, what the fuck? So, yeah. I mean, like, you know. Why would they do uh, this? <laughs> but what? It's like pompous assholes. But it's like I, I always feel odd about asking us to sign stuff. I mean, I felt odd about it when Bill first introduced himself and had us write that message and sign stuff in his complete carpet python book. And oh, um, yeah. yeah, that's why I had you do everything. Like I gave it to you, you wrote this like lovely note and then I wrote and Owen like underneath. Like that's <laughs> how I how I wanted that. So it's always weird when people ask us to sign things. Um it 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 just doesn't feel like I should like why the hell would you want my signature on stuff? But whatever. People requested it, so we're gonna send them out. Um and it, it is quite flattering when people do that. I think don't get me wrong, but it just feels weird too at the same time. So, yeah, I, I never got you like in, even in my heyday of music. You know, I would get that from time to time, and it was just like, uh, okay, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't. I'm not trying to be a dick about it, but yeah, man, if you want me to, <laughs> you want me to sign it, I'll sign it. But you know. But, uh, you know, I don't know. It just always felt weird. Like, and, you know, like time for time we would do, like, giveaways and stuff and, you know, sign yeah. stuff and whatnot. But it was uh, – Well, I mean, like, Carrie – It's cool. It's like it's – a, it's a cool thing if you, you know – Yeah, I mean, but, like – If you're a collector at, of stuff. At, at, at Tinley, they auction off regularly if, if Carrie's there or sometimes Todd will bring stuff from Carrie and Slayer that they auction off. And it's like – that makes sense in my mind. It's like, that's Carrie. Shitty signs is probably important. You know, people want that stuff. You know, if we threw a calendar with our signatures on it, at the same option as Carrie's, we might get a buck. But it's like, you know. Oh, yeah. I that's mean, goddamn. Yeah, it'd be goddamn it's horrible. Slayer's in a whole nother category. Although, I, know. I think I could, I could jam with that dude for sure. Me and Carrie could throw oh. it down. I know for sure that I could keep up with Carrie King, no doubt. Uh, oh, oh, shit. All right, well, bring your guitar <laughs> to Tinley and we'll see how it rolls. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I do have confidence on. There's there's <laughs> there's some things where I don't have confidence on, but you put a guitar in my hands and there's no doubt that I'm 100% confident of pulling that feed well, off, you know. I have heard you play, so it is, it is, it is, you are quite good. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it'd be one of those that we'd have to go in March because I've only ever seen Carrie at the March show. So, you no, have to go I, up I there mean, with a guitar. Sam, like, if I went out to, you know, like, to his house or something, that would be, I'm like, come on, Carrie. Yeah, that would be who, awesome. Who cares about the carpets? Let's go do the real deal. Let's play some guitar. Give me the guitar. You know? <laughs> You ain't gonna show me nothing that I haven't seen. Let's go, you know. <laughs> All right, I'll go to the facility with Todd. You can jam with Gary, and it works out. Holy shit! So, that would anyway, be awesome. anyway, hey man, we'll, we'll do if I just take care of that. Yeah, if I can mm-hmm. keep up with uh, Eddie Van Halen, I can keep up with Carrie King. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I I I I do, but I don't. Because I've never played a guitar. Don't tell me so, you don't know who Eddie Van Halen is. I'm going to punch my computer. Oh, okay. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. I, I know, know you're younger than me, I but. <laughs> Listen, I'm not that much younger, and my father made sure my rock and roll education was on point. 
show. Very good. Mm. Good job, Jim. <laughs> Don't get even alien. God. It's almost as bad as when you're like, oh, he's a millennial. It's like, what the fuck did you just call me? So, <laughs> <laughs> Who are we talking to? And I said, Don't I mind him. He's just. He's just a millennial. <laughs> he's a millennial. I'm like, what? He's, his problem is he's a millennial. People? We just let him talk. Thank you. God. <laughs> oh, that's classic. Uh, shit, I don't know what I am. I, am I gener? No, I'm not X. What's the one before that? I Generation don't, Y? I don't know. What, what happened to Z? They, they skipped over Z? They skipped Fuck. it and went straight to the... <laughs> You know, millennials. Yeah, they don't want they don't want the millennials to feel that they were the last one. C being the last letter in the <laughs> alphabet. So that was they it. wanted that to make sure that everybody yeah. got a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody felt good and warm. Participation trophies. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Oh, I kid. Snakes but just, I'm not. One of my snakes <laughs> just fell off of a bin. So oh boy. That must have hurt. All of All right. All right. Well. I guess we'll wrap it up and uh, we'll be back here again next week. Um, I think we might have a Contro show next week. I'm not sure. But anyway. Uh, we, we, should, we should stop trashing Contros then. So, yeah. Um, I, know, uh, yeah. I know for sure next week we'll have a show. What it is, I'm not quite sure yet. No idea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we will have a show. Uh, so, yeah, we'll wrap it up and call it a day. Um, MoreliaPythonRadio.com. That is our website. Uh, go and check it out for everything and anything Morelia um, links and whatnot to all the cool stuff in the world of carpets um, is there. Uh, you can check out the show on Blog Talk. Um, you can also follow it on iTunes. Um, and we're now on Stitcher. So any of those. Uh, I know for a fact that we're on uh, other podcast apps. Just type in Morelia Python Radio and we should come up. Uh, don't forget, uh, we're in the nominating phase for the Reptile Report. Uh, so if you like what we do and you think it's good, uh, show us some love and go uh, nominate us over there on the uh, Reptile Report's Facebook page. Um, I would... Uh, Give some give GTP Keeper Radio some love too, so we can have some Morelia love in there, and not just all ball python fest. Um, yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but we still want to make sure, uh, you know, everybody equally gets uh, gets some <laughs> gets some. I guess everybody gets a trophy again. Here I go back. On yeah, that. no, no, right, no, just let it go. Uh, Keep moving. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Reptile Report, they're doing that, which is cool. There's a whole bunch of uh, awesome categories, so um, just make sure you go over and anybody that you appreciate in the, in the reptile world and you think they're, they're worthy of, uh, of such an honor, just, you know, go nominate them. And, uh, and then yeah. I think in February is when they start the actual voting of the nomination. So um, if you want to get in touch with us, you have a question or a comment, uh, send it to info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Uh, you can follow us on our Facebook page, Morelia Python Radio. We're also on Twitter at Morelia Pythons. Um, as far as, yeah, I think that's it for, uh, for that um, is myself, ebmorelia.com 
And if you have any questions or comments, uh, EB, Eric at EB Morelia. And that's all I got. Oh, don't cool. forget the calendars. Uh, 15 bucks. Yes. PayPal, Burke Phillip, U-R-K-E-P-H-I-L-A. Uh, 15 bucks. Any in the U.S., yep. 20 outside the U.S. There's only a few left. I got two people that bought calendars while we did the show. So if you want one, you're going there's quick. Like eight left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get it now. Eight left. People get it now. So, so anyway, uh, what I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com, check out all the animals we have for sale, as well as the breeding diary that will be updated when I get around to it. Um, you can also search com to get a more up-to-date and faster uh, idea of what's going on at Rogue. Also, any animals that are for sale will be put on the Facebook page about a week before they are sent up on any classified site or the website. So it's the only way you can get a really good advantage at seeing what's available. If you have something you're interested in on our site, that of the babies that are coming out in 2017, let us know. We'll put you on the contact list. Uh, the next show I have coming up probably will be uh, the Hamburg show in February, but I'm not exactly sure when that is. So well, I'll get back to you guys on that. I think it's the fourth, but don't hold me to that. Uh, that's all I got, and that's all we got for you guys tonight. So what we'll say is good night, and we'll catch you all back here next week for some more Morelia Python radio. Bye. <laughs>